Yes, people. Yes, people. It's episode 42 of Griff's Brain Dump, and it's me, Griff. Obviously, this um, I'm going to try and power through this one. Um, it's recording this on Sunday morning at my mum's house, at my mum's crib. She's not here. She's out at the moment, so I'm sorry. She won't be featuring on this podcast. So if you want to switch off now, because you can't be bothered, you don't want to listen to this, you wanted to hear the main event, which is my mum, then um, you know, do it now. But if you want to stay and listen to me chat shit about the week, then fine. Stay listening. Right. I'll get straight into it. Um, my feet are freezing. Um, and I'm still just watching my mate play football. Kind of missing playing 11-a-side football. I haven't played for like two years. Still play 7-a-side, not 11. Um, yeah, it's just... It's making me think. Because what when you play football on Sunday, and actually kind of rectify what your team's done the team you support's done on the weekend. So Tottenham lost yesterday, all right. Um, if Arsenal had lost and Tottenham had won, then I would have spent little time talking about it. So as Arsenal have won and Tottenham have lost, I'm going to do exactly the same and not talk about it. I swear, I swear I would have reacted exactly the same. I promise you I wouldn't have acted any differently if Spurs had won. I, I'm not a liar. There wouldn't have been a whole segment of the whole podcast dedicated to it. There wouldn't have been. Nope. I would have just swept it under the rug. So that's what we're doing this time. Okay. But um, I guess we'll start. You know, what's been happening this week? Um, I don't know other than that football stuff. Um, I guess I'll start on a more serious. I guess more serious now. I'll just start on what, I've, what I saw this week or this morning. And. One of the things, actually, I woke up to a Facebook status of um, this female comedian, and she was kind of detailing uh, kind of the times she's um, been subject to, like, proper sexism. Um, not No 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 sexual assault. Well, actually, no, there was a bit of assault in one, but not sexual, though. But anyway, she was detailing she had three separate instances with three separate kind of male promoters. And... Yeah, it was shocking. It was shocking to to read and stuff. And um, it was it was kind of like the, the the feedback, the comments she got. Obviously, a lot of support and stuff um, about these blatant acts of sexism and stuff. Like, it'd be things like her, um, for example, when she turned up to one of the gigs, the promoter said, "Oh, obviously, you've brought your tits with you." Like things like that. Like, okay, that's that's off. This is the first time I'm meeting her as well. So it's no like, it's no banter. There's no joke. That's the first thing you're saying to someone. Um, another time was where they were all getting paid. The two male comics got a handshake and money put in their hand. Handshake, money put in their hand. And when it came to her, she got, had pennies thrown on the bar next to her. And then, um, and then she had to like be asking the guy for money. Like for her payment, and he just wouldn't do it. He kept on joking and going, "No, no, no, I'm not getting it." Then he went on stage and said, "Oh, for her to get her money, she would have to come go next door with him to get her money." So even then, just like even if that's a joke or not, it's now like, what, what does that even mean? What's going to happen to me if I do go next door? And then it creates this, and he cut. She was the the guy was implying that she would have to like sleep with him to get the money. And stuff, and then when she did actually get going next door to get money, he kind of just said, "Oh, you did really well tonight," and paid her extra money and stuff. But which sounds cool. That, oh yeah, he had a joke for her and gave her extra money. But then the flip side is, no, what you've done is made her look like she's had to sleep you to get money, and you've ridiculed her in public and praised her in private. And it's yeah, it's just like it was just such a fucked up dynamic and fucked up thing to read and stuff. And the other one was another promoter saying that you know sleeping. Like he made a joke about sleeping with her. Um, she made a joke back, so maybe next time he goes, yeah, that'd be a good way to get an, a next another gig. And he was just—he was actually serious. Um, she didn't do it, but it's just like, and he, a few of those stories, there was other comedians there, like male comedians. They kind of just sat there shocked or looked embarrassed, which is understandable and it's fine. But he's like, do you? But I think as men, like when it comes to sexism, uh, we've got to do more. In the sense of obviously when you when you witness something like that, you've got to say something and pull the guy up. But I think like when we're in circles where it's just 
just a man. So if he was there with a promoter and he made a joke about doing something like that to a female comedian or if it's in a professional setting and they made a joke of doing something like that, you've got to put them up on it. Like we have to, man. Like, you can't have that shit going on. You know, it's proper... It's proper... That's wild. Absolutely wild and stuff. And I think it's like the same with all kind of isms. Like, if it doesn't affect you directly, you've got to create this environment where that shit can't really run yourself. So... Yeah, you can't just be combating the ism that affects you and stuff. Like even if it's quite a passive thing to do. It's quite easy just to say, uh, mate, that's not cool. Mate, that's not funny. But here was the point I was thinking about. Is when do you combat that? Because think about it, if you're an up and coming comedian, up and coming actor and stuff, like so with all the kind of sexual assault stuff that's coming to light now. If you're up and coming, say, male actor, and you know this shit is going on with these kind of producers and directors, with female actors or actresses, whatever you want to call them, you could pull it up there and then, but you're a nobody. So what ends up happening is you're just ostracised from the industry and then that's your career done, right? That's your career done. And then your voice is worth, let's say your voice is worth one. It's, it's worth one at that point. So you can go out and start saying, oh, this director said this, this director, he did that, da, da, da. Your voice is only worth one and this director is worth a hundred. Meaning he's not going to make a dent into their reputation at all. But then I guess if you keep silent and you witness all these things happen... And then once you make it big and you're now, your voice is now worth 100 as well or 200 and this director is still worth just 100. And then you discuss it and you start exposing and pointing out all these things that are wrong in the industry. Your voice is worth more then. But you've had to stay silent and witness loads of like messed up things happen before you said something. So it's like, do... Yeah, is it better to point out there and then? So you may deal with the issue there and then, but you don't actually create a massive dent in the system. Or do you wait till you're a bigger part of the system so when you do say something, it creates a massive ripple. Rather than a ripple, it creates a bloody tidal wave. And that's what I'm saying. This must be the same with some of the female actresses who've actually been victims of it or witnessed it as well. It's like, yeah, it's like, do you say something there and then when no one's going to believe you anyway? Or do you say it when, yeah, the waves, the waves actually got momentum and you've got more and more people behind you? It's a mad one. It's a mad one to think about. It's not really funny. It's just me. <laughs> it's just me actually thinking about, about life and what would I do in those situations? Like, would I, like, who would you tell? I guess you tell other people in the industry and if they're just like, yeah, yeah, I know. I guess you got to get, yeah. I guess if your voice is worth one and this guy's 100, then you've got to get another 99 of you to all come together and be like, yeah, this is what happened and it's not cool. And that, yeah, I guess there's power in numbers, isn't it? I guess where that, that's where that kind of the power dynamic is in these kind of situations, man. But no, it's uh, it's a mess. It's a mess. So, yeah, man. It's just kind of. It was weird to kind of read something like that on. Like that happened to someone who's actually on my level. Was there any clubs that I've been to from their their home country, the country they're from? They're not from the UK. So they're talking about the three clubs. They Those stories are three of, I imagine, many stories. Um, but they're from their home country. So. Yeah, but it's my industry. It's my industry of comedy. So, so yeah, I hope that does, that shit doesn't happen in, in the UK. Or anywhere. It don't want to happen anywhere, actually. So let me just say that properly. But um, how's, how's, uh, how's everyone's week been, man? Well, that's that's how my Sunday started. That was like the first thing I saw this morning. But we go through the week. What what did I do this week? Like, I don't know. I did anything really interesting. Tuesday, I gigged. Uh, tried out some new material at the South Kensington Comedy Club. And that's where I'll be on the 9th of December. Jerks in progress. It'll be 
me and Danny Boy Walsh doing half an hour each. Um, it's free, free event. Um, the two of us be going to Brighton and to Camden Fringe Festivals. So it's the start of me putting together a half an hour show for that. Um, it's, I'm, I want to actually put on a show where it's actually a proper show. So I don't just do half an hour of me telling random jokes. I want a, a, a theme and a point to my half an hour. Like I want it to be talking about something specific and then just going off that. Uh, that that's what I want it to be. I don't want it just to be half an hour just me telling random jokes. I can do random jokes, but I want it to be a, a solid thing. Because at the moment, I've just been writing those jokes about Christmas because I've got a few gigs coming up over Christmas. So I thought, let me just keep that as my theme. That's my, kind of the centre part of my theme, Christmas and family. And that's what I've been writing jokes about at the moment. But for the show in Brighton and Camden, because Brighton Festival's, Brighton Fringe Festival's in May. Camden one's in August. So I've got loads of time. Mainly two different shows for those because there's just different times of the year. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, Jerks Progress got that on the... F- 9th of December, then on the 23rd of November, we got Divine Comedy. So I just put new stuff for that, should be fun. That's the cool post you've seen where I look like I'm in a re- uh, Renaissance picture. And they were doing something with uh, with Natalie, the cake lady. I, I've always, I always call her the cake lady. That'll always be her name to me. Um, it's Re13. Uh, she's having an event in Brixton. Upstairs at the Ritzy on the, not the 30th, so it'll be the Tuesday of that week, so 28th, upstairs at the Ritzy. Um, I'll be hosting that, doing a little bit of comedy there, and there'll be games and stuff, so it should be a fun night, fun, it'll be a good fundraiser. So if you can get down to that um, in South London, I'll be doing some stuff there as well, so it'll be good, it's going to be a good, good few weeks of comedy and stuff. Um and also getting prepared to go to Malaysia in December as well. Go do this production thing. Um, actually, yeah, that was actually a big part of my week. So the company I work for, right, we've got a joint venture partner who are Malaysian. And they have an annual dinner. Not Christmas dinner, annual dinner. Malaysia is a Muslim country. Uh, Islamic country, say. So uh, they don't do Christmas per se. They do celebrate Christmas. They... They have actually nailed multiculturalism, right? Because what they do is rather than saying we have a dominant culture, what they do is they take every flipping day off. I'm telling you, they'll take Christmas off and then they'll have like Eid off. They'll have Diwali off as well. They'll have some Buddhist holidays off. Chinese New Year. Um, They'll have Malaysia Day. Independence Day, separate to Malaysia Day. They have all these like different national holidays and stuff. And that's how you get different cultures to to integrate and live with each other. Imagine the UK. Do you reckon that like Jimmy from Rochdale is gonna be really bothered about Muslims if he got Eid off? Day off, mate. You're getting paid for it, Jimmy. Don't, don't have to come to work, get the day off. Do I have to go to a mosque or anything? No. You just got the day off. Trust me. If everyone got the days off for the people they didn't like, they'd like they'll they'll start liking those people. I can tell you now, the biggest homophobe in the world. When it's the day of Pride, if he got Pride off of work, and he doesn't have to attend the Pride thing in the, in the Oxford Circus, doesn't attend it, you just get the day off. He or she will be like, well, all right. Trust me, the attitude was softened towards the LGBTQIA hashtag two. There's there's another there's a number at the end of it now. I swear there is no lie. I'm not even taking the piss. I I can't keep up with it. I just know that I just don't hate anyone. So that's what I'll try and do. I don't need to know all the lingo, but if someone corrects me and says that that word's now offensive, it's it's not that big deal for me to go. Oh, okay. Why is it offensive? Oh, that's why you think it's offensive. Well, oh, all right. Well, if you find it offensive, I'll I'll stop saying it. Just a word. I mean, if I've got a whole joke, I've spent like a good thirty minutes writing that joke, then I'll I'll continue saying it. 
But if it's uh, actually offensive, then yeah. Maybe that's what we need to do. Maybe that's how we have to get forward as a, as a society. Is when someone says something's offensive, I think you're within your right to ask them why it's offensive. And then um, then just move on. And say, all right, if you, if you don't want to say that word, I'll, I won't say it. There's just quite a lot of words in the English language. So if people ask you to not say just one particular word. I think we can probably compromise as society and just uh, just leave that word alone. No? Black people, we've been asking people not to say the N-word for ages. And uh, still, still it persists. Why, why can't I say it? Just why, why do you want to say it? I mean, if I'm singing a song and it's a lyric of a song. Well, you know... Lil Kim's talking about sucking dick. Do you want to sing that line of the song? No, you don't? Oh, so you do have some self-control. Okay, I see. I see, mate, you do. All right. It's as simple as that, really. <laughs> That's how I see it. You're, you know that you don't want to sing certain words. So if you really want to sing the N-word, go ahead, just sing it. Just sing it. Like a random black dude may just come and punch you in the face. And I can't say that I won't be the random black dude. That's that's, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. Now, violence doesn't have the answer. Sometimes it is. But what else has happened? Um, we're talking about discrimination um, and celebrating everyone's things. That's what, what a nice little segue. Um, the Tesco advert. Yeah, have you seen that? A little bit of uproar about the Muslims in the Tesco advert. What are they, what are they doing? Celebrating Christmas because they live in the UK and they get Christmas off. This is what I'm talking about. If you get two days off, it's really hard to not do anything with your family like everyone else is doing if you're from this country. And you know, Muslims like Jesus as well, right? People know that. Do, do, do people know that? Like Muslims proper rate Jesus. The advert make more sense. People are like in uproar if, uh, you know, if like Satanists were like celebrating Christmas. <laughs> that that make more sense but yeah Muslims celebrate Christmas yeah Muslims like Jesus just read the book you find out and everyone's going to like Jesus if you get two days off now there's loads of people who even say that they're Christian don't even like Christmas I don't, I don't know what the issue is it's nuts like me um, like me with Christmas I, uh, I I used to not like it well, I used to like it when I was very young. Then didn't like it because my dad passed away near Christmas. So I kind of made that my story and my thing. Of, oh, I like Christmas because it reminds me of that. Uh, then I realised it, it wasn't that. I just didn't like the effort I had to put in. <laughs> that was it. I love my family and I like seeing my family. That's not the bit I don't like. It's giving people gifts. No, not even... It's getting people gifts. I don't like giving someone a gift. I don't like getting a gift. I find it long... It's boring. I'd rather just give people cash. I know it's not a proper gift, but I'd rather just you know, put through a few notes in your hand and be like, there you go, happy Christmas. Go get yourself wherever you want with that. Here's some cash. I know something like, there's no thought put in that. It's not a real present. It's like, yeah, but you don't want a real present. You want something that you want. That's what you want as a present. No one ever gets a present that they've never thought about getting and are really happy about receiving. Think about it. Each time someone's thankful for a present, their response is, oh my God, I always wanted this. Or, oh my God, I really needed one of these. No one ever says that about a gift that they never thought about getting. Think about it. How thankful would you be for bloody, I don't know, vegetable steamer? You never thought about getting a vegetable steamer and you're quite happy just boiling your vegetables. Now you've been given a vegetable steamer and just like, oh, I don't even have space in my cupboard for this shit. <laughs> That's what you're thinking in your head. I've got nowhere to put this. You always be thankful about this. I didn't want it. I didn't ask for this. This is useless to me. Hey, I got you a lawnmower. Yeah, but I live on the third floor of a flat. What the hell am I going to do with this lawnmower? Yeah, but it's got all these different functions on it and... Oh my God, I never thought about getting this because it's completely useless to me. But I love receiving gifts. No, you don't. You like receiving gifts that you think are useful or that you actually wanted. 
So I'd rather just give you cash and you get what you want. Or you tell me directly what you want. And here's the messed up thing, right? So my girlfriend, she's actually giving me a list of stuff that she wants. Well, actually she hasn't. That's a lie. She's given me a useful hint list. Like her measurements on things. Things that she likes. Like the type of jewellery she likes. The type of uh, fragrances she likes. So I should be able to nail Christmas, right? She's even said the exact pair of trainers she wants by brand and colour. Right? That's what she said. And size. I type those things into Google. Why the fuck am I getting six different options back? Six varieties of this thing she's discussed. She's described to me. So now it makes me feel like I'm even more useless. Because she's given me a fully comprehensive hint list. And I still can't find the thing that she's asked for. And this is the bit that's stressing me out about Christmas. Getting gifts. Now I don't even care about the religious element. Like I'm not religious. So I don't care for it. And I'm not against it either. You know, I don't think it is very religious, the holiday anymore. It's not really focused on Jesus. The last time I focused on Jesus for Christmas was when I was at like, primary school doing a nativity play. I played narrator, actually. I was I was narrator because um, I could read. So it was pretty pretty big role. Pretty big role there playing narrator. And I still remember childhood childhood trauma of uh, reading the word as hotel. Hotel. Not hotel. Hotel. Yeah, they changed it from inn to hotel. I guess to make it more comprehensive or comprehensible for younger children. But then what that did is they managed to find a word that I didn't know how to pronounce as a child. Therefore exposing me. And for the benefit of the whole class, understanding what an inn was, I had to suffer by mispronouncing hotel. Now, here's the thing. There would have been rehearsals. So why didn't the teacher pull me up in rehearsals and go, no, Darren, it's hotel. No, no, wait for me to get on stage. Let me say hotel. Then have the kids in the year above me take the piss out of me. Fucking pricks. (laughs) Yeah, I knew what in was as a child. I should have just stuck. I should have just stuck with in. I didn't know I was mispronouncing hotel, so that's why I didn't make the executive decision to just change the script to, to suit me. But, um, you remember school plays, man? I, I had big roles in school plays. So I was narrator in the nativity play, so that was pretty big. I remember I played the king in the, uh, in the Odyssey of, I think it was Theseus. I played, uh, played one of the kings in that. So, um, yeah, big roles, big actor, big time actor, me. And this is all going full circle because what I was actually talking about was uh, that Tesco advert and the Muslims in the advert. There, there was also Sikh people in the advert, no complaint there. Um, I don't know, I'm not sure there's any Jewish people in the advert. Here's the thing that I noticed there was one black person in the advert. He wasn't even a family, he was just there, just like looking in the oven on his own. Well, where, where, where's the. Where was the backlash for that? Hey, well, why weren't we like? You've got to be sifting out the racism everywhere, people. We got so distracted by the Muslim issue in that advert that um, what about them just having the black guy on his own? Everyone else is having family. Black guy's on his own. There's no black women in that advert. None, not one. Natural hair or not, none. <laughs> there was no black women in that advert. Watch it again. See, Darren Griffiths sifting that racism when it's there and when it's not. I'll find it. Trust me. <laughs> but um, no, I don't even care. I don't care about that advert. It's not a big deal for me because it's it's not my. Because yeah, it was tried to be inclusive, the advert, and people still moaned. I don't know what people are actually moaning about. The people who are upset about the advert are they. Are they upset they think Muslims don't celebrate Christmas? Um, we can't say you want them to integrate in society here in the UK and then get mad when they do. All my Muslim friends, um, they did stuff for Christmas. The things you do for Christmas aren't religious at all. Putting a cracker and eating loads of food. 
not really religious. But the point I was making is uh, I'm going to Malaysia. <laughs> going to Malaysia in December for his annual party. And uh, you've, you've got to do like a, as a team, um, 20 people on stage at once. You've got to do a five minute performance on stage, like singing, acting, dancing. It's like a production. And you have to do a two minute intro video for the production. And I was out in Epping Forest on Tuesday morning um, as a fisherman, fisherman fairy or fairy fisherman. I'm a fairy by species, a fisherman by job in the video. I'm being interviewed by a fairy newsreader who's announcing, who's discussing about the civil war that's happening between these two groups of fairies and how it's kind of destroyed my, um, my catch as a fisherman. I know what you're thinking. What the hell are you talking about, Darren? This it is as weird as it sounds, and this event only has any meaning within the context of the event itself. It has an internal logic. This event, and as soon as you step outside this event, it makes no sense. I can post links to the videos of the stuff I'll be doing, but it is just crazy. But it, it's an all-expenses-paid trip to Malaysia, so I am not complaining. That I have to be on stage and dance for five minutes and sing for five minutes. That is nothing for me. I don't even have to make people laugh. This is easy. I don't even have to be the main person. I'm not even the only person on stage. This is plain sailing for me. And I get a free trip to Malaysia. So that is bloody winning. But as I was saying, that is the way you integrate society. You celebrate other people's shit. Even if you don't understand it, even if you don't agree with it, just go and celebrate other people's stuff. I might make that my thing next year. I'm going to go to like some kind of Passover thing, make some Jewish mates. I'm working comedy. I can make some Jewish mates. Yeah, I'm going to go to their Passover things and then I'm going to go to like, uh, I'm going to get involved in Kwanzaa more this year. I've never, I've never celebrated Kwanzaa. I don't even know how to do it. I'll just celebrate. Why not? Celebrate Chinese New Year. I've done that before, actually. When I say celebrate, I just went to Chinatown and had some bubble tea, um, which, is, which is quite nice. That's what I want to do, just, just celebrate with people's stuff. See what it's about. Get out there, make some new friends. That's what we've got to do, people. Bring us all together. That's what we need in society, just to help us make more partying. We're partying together. If you could see I'm doing the, the kind of the, the, the intertwined fingers, the interlocked fingers. That's a, there it is. That's how you do it. But um, guess what else I want to cover is happening in the news. The Grenfell death toll of 71. Um, now, so I don't know the the maths and stuff. And it's, it's a depressing thing because when my brain goes, that's too low. That's the instinctive thing my brain says. But then it could actually be the number. And that's the thing that's kind of distressing is if that is the number, it's that there's some people who just won't who feel a sense of injustice that the number's too low. Like they wanted the number to be higher. And then it feels right. You know I mean, there's kind of weird logic to that. Um, so I guess the accusation is that there's a cover up. Of how the people, but then you've got the added element that if there were people there that are undocumented and families are scared to come forward and say, Oh, actually, yeah, I escaped, but I live with four other people who aren't actually meant to be here in the country. Like, are they unaccounted for? That's been unaccounted for. How do you move forward as a family? Like, but I guess that's the point though. Actually, if people are saying 71 is too low, it's going to take, it's going to have to take people who are actually in the tower, who live in the tower, saying, yo, I ain't seen this person. Like, they're missing. They're still missing. So if you're not saying they're dead and I ain't seen them, where are they? But again, if they're unaccounted for, then you wouldn't know. And again, because they live in a tower block, no one knows all their neighbours. Like, my mum knows all her neighbours because they've all lived there for like, minimum 20 years so they all know each other whether they like each other or not is a different thing but people know each other there's a few new people in the street and you know they just get called by their door numbers don't they 
I'm not going to say the door numbers. I don't want people to work out where, where my mum lives. But, yeah, you just call them by the door number. I'll, I'll make up numbers now. And I was like, oh, you know, number 72. You don't know their names. You don't know... Th- you don't even know their like makeup or their family. You don't know if they're both the pet, both like adults are there and they've got kids. You don't even know nowadays with your neighbours. Whereas me growing up, I knew all my neighbours, knew their names, knew all their kids' names, knew which one was the oldest, which one was the youngest, what they did for work. You just knew, just knew your neighbours. I guess nowadays when you're in like that kind of social housing bit where people are just, it's just transient, you're just being dumped in to the housing my council you won't know who your neighbours are so it's going to be hard to account for anyone who's missing which is it's kind of of a mess like I said being unaccounted for like being dead is one thing you got closure but if you if you feel like a person may be dead but you can't even report that they're there or they were, were there that night that's yeah it's a horrible kind of mental purgatory to be in well, yeah, there's no. Um, I don't want to look for any humour in Grenfell because I'm, I'm not, a, I'm not a prick. I have to keep on telling myself I'm not a prick. Then that means I'm not a prick, right? If I keep saying it, then I'm not one. <laughs> but let's um, let's let's t- let's get more lighthearted. Get more lighthearted. Um, the other day I was at work. I was in the reception on the news. It said the headline was should. The military rewards animals for bravery. I was like, slow news day. Has to be a slow news day. We're not going to cover Mugabe. No, 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 no. Should Rex, who served in the 16th Regiment, of, <laughs> should he be rewarded for his bravery? No. No, he shouldn't. Why? Because he's a dog. Dogs aren't brave. Dogs are dogs, and dogs do what they're instructed to do, right? I'm not saying that their contribution should be ignored, but I don't think a dog... Bravery is when you consciously go against your fear, you overcome your fear to do something for a greater good. That's bravery, yeah? Bravery on a small scale on a football pitch. diving for a header when the keeper's running at you who's like 15 stone so you can nick the ball past him to score a goal for your team brave the bigger goal goal for the team win the game brave the fear getting smashed to death by the goalkeeper again bravery in the army someone's one of your guys is about to get shot yeah you can see the red dot appear in his head you dive in front of it. For the greater good, you save that guy who's probably more important to your regiment than you are. You survived the shot, you didn't, but you didn't know you were going to survive the shot. Yes, you should be rewarded for your bravery. That's brave. You've overcome fear. Yeah? And I think bravery is much better than fearlessness. You know people say some cheesy shit like, ah, oh, don't be brave, be fearless. No, be, no, have fear. Fear's good for surviving, for staying alive. About be fearless. Being fearless, like being fearless, will get you run over by a car. Just walking out in front of a car, it's like, don't be brave, be fearless. The car, the car rides right through you. You just stay on the floor, twisted into pieces, broken spine. I was fearless. <laughs> no, fearlessness can always be stupidity, right? Because you don't actually know the threats that are around you. That's fearless. So be, be brave. And then you can choose when you want to overcome fear. But yeah, a dog, you can't reward an animal for bravery. Because they don't have, I don't think they have that level of thinking. Or thinking, I'm scared, but I'm going to do it anyway. Have you seen a dog scared? A dog scared is just scared. That, that's a dog being scared. Is it? I don't see a dog go, oh, oh, oh. no, actually, woof, 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 woof. Oh, nice one, Rex. Yeah, I was fucking shitting it back there, not going to lie. But I did it for you guys. Because I'm so conscious that I'm actually a part of the army. And the reason why we as a regiment have gone to war for this country. 
I mean, I'm a dog and I don't understand the idea of state and nationhood. No, I don't understand these concepts. I'm a dog and I, I clean my balls with my own tongue. But listen, I know that when I'm sniffing out stuff, it's not because I've been trained to recognise this smell, not know what this smell is at all. No, no, I know I'm sniffing out a bomb to save this country. Do I know what our country is? No, I'm a dog. But I do it for this country. So to serve in the army for four years and not get a medal, that pisses me off. All right? I feel unappreciated. But imagine... (laughs) I think dogs that have been in the army should be taken care of. Like, they should have some special home. Because they've probably seen some... Like, not have seen some shit, but you know, like, the physical stimuli, like noise... And bright lights, big noises like explosions. That must do something to an animal. So I don't think like a, a dog in its natural habitat would be hearing bombs go off. Or hear screaming like daily. So yeah, I get it. They're, I think the dogs could have like some kind of post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm not playing that down. But I don't think they've got any concept of, uh, you know, why they're in an environment, why there is stuff blowing up. It's It's a dog. I'm a for bravery. <laughs> I don't know. No, I maybe someone who knows more about dogs, correct me if I've got this wrong about dogs. You come and you come and tell me to my face, Darren. Don't be talking about about dogs. All right. You're just there making stuff up. Dogs are brave, and dogs know. My dog, he actually barked at me when I said to send him to the army. He went, "No, I don't believe in war." <laughs> oh dear. if dogs had no if you reward a dog for bravery that means you're giving it some conscious consciousness which means you should also uh arrest a dog for rape you see how a dog see sees another dog and arrest a dog for harassment as well when a dog barks at another dog and the other dog gets scared that's that's harassment it's intimidation arrest that dog you know what I mean? As if again, I guess they do destroy. They always use the word destroy. If a dog like a attacks someone, the dog gets destroyed. And they don't even say killed, you know, put down. They say, trust me, read any newspaper article when a dog's been put down. They use the term destroyed. It just makes me like, raw. What are they doing to get rid of the dog? Yeah, it bit someone. It may have mauled someone to death, but destroy. That seems brutal, man. But yes, there. I guess dogs do have a death penalty then when they do bite someone. But I guess that's because they think you can't retrain it. But yeah, like a dog just like a male dog just seeing a lady dog running up to it and just humping it. That lady dog's trying to run away. Like, yeah, that's um if you're going to reward it for bravery, you've got to punish it, right, as well. Which I was thinking would be ridiculous. I'm not saying you should be doing it. I'm saying that would be ridiculous. So no, you cannot reward dogs for bravery. No, do not waste your money doing that. Okay? That's my view. Anyway, what else stuff's been going on in the news? You saw um, in Japan. Why did I click this? Because I'm looking at the story and... Uh, uh, no, I don't know why actually. Um, I don't. Why? Why did I? Because I must have thought of something funny. Nah, if that's right, it's a story underneath it. <laughs> no, because it's right. Basically, I take pictures of newspaper articles that I find interesting, so I can remember it for the podcast. And the headline is "Sorry, our train was twenty seconds early." And I started reading the articles. Like, I don't care. Why? That's not funny. Like in Japan, this yeah, this train company. Um, apologised for running a train 20 minutes early, left 20 minutes early. No one complained about it. And I was like, oh, no, that's not funny. But it's below. Here it is. Fed up Southern Rail user made bomb threat. A Southern Rail commuter threatened to bomb the company's head office in frustration at train delays, a court heard. David Davies. Why do people do that to their kids, man? When your sur- You know your surname's Davies. Why are you name your kid anything with Dave in? Anyway, David Davies, 37, is said to have called railed bosses incompetent, clueless fucking retards 
in an email after his train was cancelled. <laughs> what I love about that, right, is um, is one emailing someone after the event didn't bring a train on time. That's one. Two, emailing someone anger. It just doesn't make it. It's like it's like sending someone a picture of bullets. Like you, <laughs> you ain't shot anyone. Like what's what's your rage gonna? Your rage ain't done anything, except for make you look crazy and got you in trouble. You haven't you haven't threatened the other person. You haven't hurt them. You haven't got to, you haven't achieved what you want to achieve, which is get your train on time, or get your money back. No. These type of people have a bad time and they threaten you. I remember actually when I was in Amsterdam, right, last time, um, this woman threatened the guy who was, who was running the boat and the canal tour with a bad review on TripAdvisor. I am going to score you down on TripAdvisor. She actually said that to the guy's face. You see the guy kind of look at her and go, yeah, all right, fine. <laughs> I'm going to write a strongly worded email. That's the society we live in. Anyway, um, yeah, email after his train was cancelled. In the email on November 10 last year, he said, this is not a hoax. I will fucking bomb your fucking HQ to fucking smithereens. Um, I don't actually know what smithereens are. You know, it's one of those words that I've always used. I know the context of how to use it, but I don't know what a smithereen is. So I am literally going to Google while we're on the phone, uh, while we're on this podcast, what a smithereen is. Smithereen. Smith, smither. Smithereen. Smithereens. Smithereens. It's, it's, uh, let's see. Let's see what smithereens are. Smithereens. Now, informal. Small pieces. Wow, that's... This seems like a bit of a pointless word, right? Fragments, bits. I know what it means, but what, where, where did it come from? Um, yeah, no, yeah, it's... it's oh, it didn't originate as American slang. Um, although no one is entirely positive about its precise origin, scholars think that smithereens likely developed from the Irish word smidarini. Shumidarini, which means little bits. Oh, that sounds like that makes sense. All right, Smidarini. First known use, 1829. Smithereens. Smidarinis. Smidarines. Smidarines. Yeah, that sounds Irish. Anyway, so back to what I was saying. In the email on November 10th last year, he said, This is not a hoax. Um, I will fucking bomb your fucking HQ to fucking smithereenies. Um, a, ju- a jury at uh, Blackfriars Court, Crown Court, heard it followed another email, hoping the CEO dies a slow, horrible death. Prosecutor Andrew Hope said, when the emails were traced, Davies of Croydon, South London, oh dear, admitted sending it because he was frustrated by the delays. Look, listen, it's, what you got to understand is, I was just, just annoyed by the delay, so... You know, what, what, what else am I meant to do? What else am I meant to do, right? Look, put yourself in my shoes, yeah? Try to get to work, all right? Try to get to work, and then find trains today by 15 minutes. What, what else what have I forgot other than to email them and say I'm going to fucking kill them? What, what else are you going to do? What would you do? Hey? What were you saying? Well, you just get on that train, would you? Go to work and just leave it? Huh? What would you do? What are you saying? Well, you saying you just email the rail company and say you want a refund? What would you do? What, you just tweet about it? Yeah? What? Well, fact, there was something wrong. Not fucking wrong with society nowadays, isn't it? Can't say anything. Fuck what? I can't just email someone saying I'm going to blow up their fucking building. Well, what the fuck? What the fuck wrong with this? Well, I wasn't actually going to do it, was I? <laughs> but the financial services worker denies um, perpetrating a bomb hoax. Of course, it wasn't a bomb hoax. He told them it wasn't a hoax, um, saying he didn't think it would be taken seriously. The trial continues. Exactly. Well, I know what. Oh, yeah, you ain't gonna do me for doing a hoax. I said it weren't a hoax. I had to think around doing a fucking bomb, did I? How how is that a reasonable reaction to your train being delayed? 
Like, I said, did have to go uh, on the train this week. This guy uh, pushed on. Can you can you move down, please? And I was like, uh, where would you like me to move? He's like, mate, don't fucking try it, all right? I like, oh, work bloody night shift, I have, all right? So he's like, I don't want to hear it. The guy's like, I, I don't care about when you've worked. It's just, I don't know where he wants to go and you're pushing. Look, mate, I don't want to fucking have this conversation. <laughs> I think it's the same guy. I mean, he's pushed a little bit more. Gone, look, mate, I'll, I'll blow his fucking train up to smithereenies. Smithereenies! <laughs> Nuts. That you can't um, listen, people. When you get angry, you can't be threatening to blow places up. Just don't, don't do that. Don't, don't do it. Um, but what else has happened this week? Just before I came on the podcast, uh, someone posted a link to this newspaper article. It is called um, "Teenage Model Sells Virginity Online for Two Million Pounds to Abu Dhabi Businessman." This is a dream come true for who? A 19-year-old model claims to have sold her virginity online for $2 million to a wealthy Abu Dhabi businessman. The American teenager who goes by Giselle made a controversial transaction via German-based website Cinderella Escorts. Oh, the front door's opening! Hello. Right, Marge? Marge? She is on the podcast series. She doesn't even know she's on it. She's on your name's Marge, like Marge, Marge Simpson. When you're champion, you're champion. But, when do I look like Marge Simpson? I don't. Mum, do you know? I want to read you a story. All right, ready? Let me come in the house. First. No, I want to read you a story, though. Yeah. Right. A 90 year old model. Right, so let me read the headline. Teenage model sells virginity online to two, for £2 million to Abu Dhabi businessman. Yeah. Um, so a 90 year old model claims to have sold her virginity online for two million to a wealthy Abu Dhabi businessman. The American teenager who, who goes by Giselle made a controversial transaction via German-based website Cinderella Escorts and intends to use the money to fund her university tuition. Please. It's the report. Um, I, I would never have dreamed that a bid would rise so high and would have reached two and a half million euros. This is a dream come true, um, Giselle said. Um... Yeah, the model believes the act of selling uh, women's virginities online is liberating, adding that it shocks her that so many people are against it. So, first question, are you for or against someone selling their own virginity online? I wouldn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what about someone else doing it? What about someone in your family? Uh, I don't know. They went, auntie, I'm selling my virginity. For I'll, two million pounds. I would pounds. rather not know about it. <laughs> Wait, what about when they rock up at the house with a new car? Yeah. They got two million pounds. Yeah. They're like proper rich. Yeah. yeah. And it, would you not ask them how they got all this I'll, money? I'll, remember, remember, they're only uh, they're nineteen. Yeah, they're nineteen, yeah. and now and now they're a mid, suddenly they're living life like a millionaire. You're gonna ask them what? You're gonna ask what? what? I, I would ask. Where you get this money where from? Where you get this money oh, from? I sold my virginity online. Uh, I don't know. It's a lot, isn't it? It's a lot of money. (laughs) For something where you give away for free to... For something where you give away for free and that person might not even stay with you. (laughs) That's what you mean. I don't know. I really don't know. I know, that's mad. Um, yeah, so to go on to say, if I want to spend my first time with someone who is not my first love, that's my decision, she said. Yeah. The website works by auctioning off women's virginities to the highest bidders. Um, in this instance, it was a businessman from Abu Dhabi and Giselle will be accompanied by a security guard to meet him. Hmm, romantic. Cinderella escorts first made headlines in 2016 after the 18-year-old... Oh, yeah, because there was another girl from Romania who sold her for £2 million to a Hong Kong businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, just, I wanted to sell my virginity with Cinderella escorts rather than giving it to a future friend who might have left me anyway. Um, the site is... Run, yeah, so it just goes about the site. Um, 
Yeah, according to interview, so decided to run by 27-year-old Jan Zakobelski in Dortmund, Germany. According to an interview with Forbes, Zakobelski, um, Zakobelski, sorry, um, takes 20% of the profits from transactions made on his website. So he's gonna get wait, so for two million. Yeah, so we'll get four hundred thousand pounds. And you and she'll only get what one million six hundred thousand. Yeah, one point six million, yeah. And they'll get four hundred thousand. Um he also explained that he would never agree to auction a girl who is not mature enough to know what she wants or is psychologically not okay. However, sexologists aren't convinced that virginity auction sites such as these should even exist today. Um, God. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a dilemma, isn't it? Can't do it on my radio show. No, don't. <laughs> don't. Don't even attempt that. But, um, yeah. Don't. I, don't. I just think it's mad. I think it's, I think it's mad. What, what mad, about... mad in what sense? I, I don't even judge the girl. I judge the bloke. The, the bloke who's paying out he's that paying sort of two and a half million. million what, what, what kind is, of fetish what, what is that? Is, what is wrong with him? Yeah. <laughs> what is wrong with him? Like who'd want to sleep with a virgin anyway? Him? It's, of, of, yeah, of but it's going to be her first time. She's not going to be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's two, two and a half million. That is, no, that's, that's that, to that, me, so it's not, there's something sinister in that. Yeah, there's a weird control thing in his he, head. Yeah, he, there's yeah, a creepiness because, to because it where I want a virgin. Yeah, he's controlling that person. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get what you're going to get for that. One time, you're going to sex this person one time, that's it, done. Two and a half million pounds you spent on that. Just what? Something must have happened to him in his life. Mm. Why he he's he's trying to marry somebody who wasn't a virgin, or, and he's upset about it. Or he's, and he's upset about it, or whoever he's going with is more experienced, have more experience than him, and enjoys enjoys sex better than him. Because as a virgin, you're not going to really enjoy enjoy it, is it? No. Because you don't know what to expect. <laughs> and it's just with some guy who's paid for you. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> oh. He's a pub. He is. He's a weirdo. And what say? On our website, you'll find a video where girls from all over the world would talk about the reasons to sell their virginity. Girls from Australia, Europe, Africa, North and South America, from Arab countries and Asian um, so the Cinderella Escort spokesman. Um, this shows us that the that the desire to auction virginity is no exception. And on the other hand, the high bidder for Giselle's auction shows us how high the demand for virgins is. Business people from all over the world have been bidding. Anyway, how was it? Weird. Uh, sorry, what? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm recording podcast. I'm recording the podcast. Yeah, I'll talk about the football after. But um, let me let me finish um, doing this. I'll get back, get right back at you. <laughs> yeah, my mum just realised she was on the podcast. <laughs> so um, right, yeah, so that's that story though is absolutely nuts. Like, who is that creepy guy? That's that is that's my thing. Who are you? Now, I'm reading this. It's only three comments. Uh, save yourself the time having to study for a qualification when you could just prostitute yourself for money. Frank. Um, difference between doing it once as a means to pay off for an important fee, fee like tuition, which will set up, which will set you up with a career and making a lifestyle of it. All right, this is someone saying that's the difference between being a prostitute and doing this. Um, I don't know how many times you have to prostitute to become a prostitute, but yeah. And then someone's but what do you mean? Um, a murderer. I only pulled the trigger once. <laughs> yeah, very good. But it's no, that's a that's a hot mess. Hot mess. But I say I don't judge the girl. It's just that creepy dude who spends two and a half million. 
and someone else's virginity. That's that's weird. That's the funny thing though. Like as a guy, you wouldn't have to sell your virginity as a guy. There'd be no value in that. <laughs> You'd have to pay to lose it. Only a woman could sell her virginity. A guy couldn't. There's no woman spend that money. Let's see. And where's the where's the uh, where's the verification? You know, like uh, eBay verified sellers. Like how do they verify she actually is a virgin? Like, is there some kind of clause that if someone later comes out and says, oh, actually, I, I banged her two years ago. Do you then, like, go, oh, I want my money back? How does that, yeah. How do you even verify that? Imagine that, the guy. And oh, where's it going to happen? He's, he's, if it happens in that country, like Abu Dhabi, so one of those countries where they're not married, because he's an Abu Dhabi businessman. It happens when they're not married. She does it too well. He goes, you're not a virgin. Then he calls police and says, I had sex with this woman and I'm not married to her. Then she gets stoned to death. <laughs> that is me. What a horrible turn of events. Hey, that could happen. Let's watch this space. Look, ladies, don't sell your... Well, I guess you could. You should. It'll save you sleeping with some waste man, isn't it? Uh, guys, how would you feel? Actually, that's a question. How would you feel if you got of a woman who had sold a virginity? That is a question. I'm going to ask that online. I'm going to ask that question online. Because that's a proper question, that. You find that out. She goes, yeah, I made some smart investments. That's all she says. I made some smart investments. It's kind of nuts. Anyway. Let's wrap up the podcast because it's almost an hour. Um, it's the relationship bit it's from the Metro. Get my stories from the Metro. I like to be f- fully open with where I get my stories from. I some some of my scenarios I make up on my radio show. Some are from um, people who've messaged me throughout the week. So with my podcast, same thing, I'll just read the Metro. I'll take the relationship bit and just try and add my thing to it. But i just take a photo of it. So the first time I'm reading it is when I read it on the podcast. So here it is. It's called Izzy Stepping Out of Line. My boyfriend's new stepsister is a third will in our relationship. His mum remarried very quickly, so they've only known each other for a year. Uh, when we... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Sorry, I had some madness going on around me, so had to restart. So, sorry, is he stepping out of line? Uh, my boyfriend's new stepsister is a third will in our relationship. His mum remarried very quickly, so they've only known each other for a year. Okay. Okay, right, right. I need for you. Uh, when we met, uh, she is all over him. Oh, <laughs> hot stepsister. <laughs> How old are they? Um, she messes him frequently and sends and sends pictures. My boyfriend and I went out for dinner, and I returned from the toilet and found him messaging her. Yes, but you didn't find him messaging her. He was messaging her. Why have you made that like that's a discovery? I found him. I mean, when you use those kind of words, you've made out like he's doing something bad. I found him. I snapped, and he told me off for being jealous. But he's given me cause. What? Not, not, not really. What kind of pictures is she sending? Let me read this again. Right, my boyfriend's new stepsister is a third one relationship. I need to work out how old they are. Because like, if they're adults, then, you know. They should have like the kind of cognitive faculties. Be like, all right, I know we're not actually brother and sister, but my mum's married to your dad, so I guess we've got to try and get on, right? This is just that's it. But what if they are really hot? Because you're not really related. You're not related at all. You're a full adult. Oh, that'd be horrible. Could you imagine that? Super hot stepsister. Because <laughs> it's one thing growing up with someone who you're not related to and think of them as a relative. That's one. I feel that's easier to make that kind of mental block of, nah, I'm treating them like family. Doesn't matter how well they blossom. You've grown up so long going, yeah. Even though we're not actually related, this person's family. But someone who you're not actually related to, didn't even exist at all as a person, now comes to your life as an adult, and it's hot. 
Uh, it's going to cause some tension. Anyway, um, yeah, she said, yeah, so quickly, they've only known each other for a year. When we meet, she's all over him. She messes him freaking and sends him pictures. I mean, if they're like some cleavage shots, you know those bait cleavage pictures that some women upload onto Instagram? Just like, oh my God, like, missing grandma. And it's just a down top cleavage shot. <laughs> like, don't try it. Don't try it. Well, those words. Ah, oh, sometimes I just sit here and think about the struggles that some people go through in the world. And it's just a booty pick. <laughs> just laying on a bed. Just back arched. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, my boyfriend and I went out for dinner and I returned from the toilet and found him messaging her. I snapped and he told me off of being jealous, but he's giving me calls. I left the restaurant and he followed. So there you go. Saying he would deal with the situation, but he hasn't. Oh, so he's acknowledged there's a situation. Oh, dear. We've only been uh, together for six months. After meeting a few years ago. Um, and I had a crush on him for a long time. He's really special to me. And I feel anxious when he sees when he sees his family without me how do i handle this nah, that's just too much right it's one thing right being a guy and your girl's like all right don't like you hanging out with your mates so much uh, all right that's ridiculous i don't like you hanging out with your female friends that much okay again i can get that but as guys you know which female friends are real friends come on let's be honest guys we've all had and women as well we've all had those friends of the opposite sex who they aren't real friends. You know, we know. They're just waiting in the wigs. Waiting to slip off the underwear. Oh my god, I've had so much to drink. <laughs> so, so have I. Alright, oh. How are you getting back to yours? Oh, it's just so far. You can crash at mine. What? I'm nothing, just saying, like, if you needed to crash. No, I will. Okay. But you're going to have to sleep on the sofa. Yeah, 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 it's fine. I'll, I'll sleep on the sofa. Okay. All right. And even when you're in the cab, you start kissing. <laughs> you don't even wait to pretend to get home. Oh, yeah, I'm definitely sleeping on the sofa. So you're ever in those situations, guys. Don't do not do that in the cab. Wait till you get home. Because if you do it in the cab, then they have enough time to actually think about, you know, what a stupid mistake it is to sleep with you. Yeah. As a guy, you'll fuck up a friendship like that because it's not a real friendship, remember? If one of them thinks it's a real friendship, then ah yeah, don't do it. But if you both know it's not a real friendship, then yeah, just just crack on. But that's one thing. So your girlfriend being mad, but you having those kind of female friends. So get that, because then you have a few actual female friends. Again, it's just another woman. But you've known her for a long time. Get them to meet. That's what you do. Get them to meet, and then they can judge for themselves if they actually deem as a threat. And actually see you interacting as a group. They're like, ah, oh, I see, I see. I see why you hang out with this girl. I've had this with an ex before. They used to hear one of my girlmates' names all the time, all the time. And it's only after they met her, my ex went, oh, do you know what? Uh, I'm not going to lie. When you used to mention her name all the time, I used to get a bit, uh, about it. But now I've seen you lot together, I realise, yeah, you two, you lot as a group, you're just mates in it. Like, you... You kind of treat her quite badly. <laughs> That's what I was told. He's like, yeah, you, you should actually be nicer to her. I was like, what? Because she is a woman, like, and you lot just treat her like one of the boys. I was like, yeah, because, look, it's just a mate, isn't it? That's, that's what happened. I remember one of my other girl mates had to pull us up. We was all out for dinner. And I think people, one of us came, I was like, you right, lads? And she just banged to the table going, I'm not one of the fucking lads. <laughs> We was like, you what? She's like, I'm not one of the lads. Like, do you not actually realise I'm a girl? We was like, um, yeah, like, yeah, you are, but so? You're one of the lads, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So your girl getting annoyed about hanging out with girls. Yeah, I get that. But hanging out with your own family now. Jeez, that's just awkward. You know that? Like, you go into a hang out with your family and your girl's like, so who was there? Tell me who was there. Was she there? Yeah, yeah because I went to my mum and her dad's house. So, yeah, she lives there. Oh, yeah. What did you two talk about? Like, that is just such a weird... 
weird energy. Look, at the end of the day, do you really think they're going to bang? That's my advice. Do you actually think they're going to bang? If they do bang, will you find out? No, you won't even find out. So the question is, is do you think they will? Because if they, if, whether they will or not, that's different. Because they could not ever, but if you think they're going to, then your relationship's ruined. So just, just leave, walk away. Honestly, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I know he's six months and you've been crushing him for a year, like years, but you put him on the pedestal. So that's what it feels like. It feels like you'd want to walk away if this was someone else. But because it's him, he he is someone that you've wanted for a while. You can't walk away. This woman should walk away. Because, like, yeah. But then, yeah, just walk away. But then if you walk away, he's going to be like, uh... well, actually, no, he still has a reason not to bang her. His, his mum is married to her dad. That is, like, awkward. That is fully shitting on your doorstep. <laughs> I saw someone on Facebook today and said, don't shit on your doorstep. They went, no, just shit in toilets. That's it. <laughs> and I think that's the same. Look, if matey's got temptations to go there, because I don't think he may do, but I think he might just like the attention. It's all weird. I know she's not your actual sister, but from when she's in that, She's in that zone and you have to introduce to her, introduce her as your stepsister. Then that's, um, she's off the board. She's off the, off the table, right? No, no, no. I know, but listen, I'm going to end this podcast because I want things to do today, today. What? How have I added the T and the H in the word to, today? I've got things to do today. Um, so I want to get off this podcast and yeah. All right. So I'll join you next week and upload another podcast then. All right, see ya, bye.